Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zora. Africa, Amuka na Unai. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm Lulu Gabu. On to our top stories, Burkina Faso votes amid violence. Civilians in the capital of Ethiopia's Tigray region warned to save themselves and Poland is seeing its biggest protest in decades. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy, which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at Netlet to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for it's a year and a half now. The challenges were experience and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. We have withstood the coronavirus storm. Now is the time to return our country, its people, and our economy to a situation that is more normal, that more resembles the lives that we were living six months ago. Following consultations with a number of stakeholders, Cabinet decided that the country should now move to Alert Level 1. The move to Alert Level 1 will take effect from midnight on Sunday, the 20th of September 2020. This move recognizes that levels of infections are relatively low 
and that there is sufficient capacity in our health system to manage the current need. Channel Africa. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. We have withstood the coronavirus storm. Now is the time to return our country, its people, and our economy to a situation that is more normal, that more resembles the lives that we were living six months ago. Following consultations with a number of stakeholders, cabinet decided that the country should now move to alert level one. The move to alert level one will take effect from midnight on Sunday, the 20th of September, 2020. This move recognizes that levels of infections are relatively low and that there is sufficient capacity in our health system to manage the current need. Channel Africa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authority in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. It's 7.07 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Voters went to the polls in Burkina Faso in a presidential election dominated by jihadist violence that has cost more than 2,000 lives this year and will prevent voting in hundreds of villages. Reuters' David Doyle reports. Opened in Burkina Faso on Sunday and the incumbent president, Rock Kabore, is urging everyone to take part. This is about Burkina Faso's democracy, it is about the development of Burkina Faso, and it is also about peace in our country. But a lack of peace is the reason not everyone in the West African country can vote. Jihadist violence, which has claimed more than 2,000 lives this year, has rendered parts of the nation ungovernable and polling stations will not open in hundreds of villages. At least 400,000 people will be unable to vote according to official data nearly 7% of the electorate. Kabore is seeking a second five-year term off the back of achievements such as free health care for children under five. But attacks by militant groups linked to Al-Qaeda and Islamic State have eclipsed all else. In a crowded field of presidential candidates, all have put peace and security at the heart of their campaigns. But two of Kabore's opponents stand out. The head of former President Blaise Compore's party, Eddie Comboigo, and the runner-up in the last election, Zephyrin Diabre. Analysts expect a tight race between these three that could go to a second round, if no candidate wins more than 50% of the vote. That report by Reuters' David Doyle. 
Anti-looting journalist Hopewell Chinono was granted free bail by the High Court on Friday, bringing an end to his 17 days of imprisonment. Chinono was arrested for the second time on the 3rd of November for allegedly defeating the cause of justice through his Twitter posts on gold smuggling. Meanwhile, the release of Chinono coincided with the third anniversary of the downfall of the late President Robert Mugabe, with citizens saying they live in fear every day. More from our correspondent, Simon Muchema, in Harare, Zimbabwe. Opo Chungono, a popular journalist for calling against corruption and looting of public funds, was on Friday granted bail after spending 17 days in prison. The free bail was granted by a high court judge who ruled that the magistrate who earlier dealt with the matter aid. This is the second time Opol had been arrested this year as he was meant to spend 45 days in remand prison for allegedly exposing COVID-19 fans looting. In the first matter, Chungono was banned from using his Twitter handle to incite protest or violence. The arrest came a few days ahead of the 31st of July anti-corruption looting protest in which the First Lady and Son were implicated. Channel Africa spoke to lawyer Gift Mtisi regarding the bail conditions. Then in respect of the bail which he was granted yes, uh, on Friday, the judge indicated that the conditions in the first bail will continue to apply in respect to also of this new case. So there was no need to add any other conditions. Those conditions, once he is out, he will continue to apply. Uh, the, those conditions will continue to apply to his current bail. Then the judge only added an extra condition. The condition is to the effect that once he is out, he should not use his Twitter account or any other social media platform in a way which will undermine uh, or defeat or obstruct the course of justice. So virtually we, we can say he was given free bail in respect of this one because even his warrant of liberation it was indicating that free bail. Gift explained the mistake the magistrate made in coming up with a bail judgment. Oboshimono was supposed to have been granted bail because the state had failed to produce or to show that there were compelling reasons to deny him bail. And also, the magistrate in her own words stated that I have already found that Hopo Chimono is guilty on a balance of probabilities. So that is a wrong test because before an accused person has been tried, the judge cannot say I have already found you guilty unless if the accused person has pleaded guilty himself. Ahead of the bail ruling in the High Court on Friday, there was concern Hopo Chungono could be infected with a number of diseases as there are outbreaks at Chikurubi Maximum Prison. His lawyer, Doug Colted, raised the red flag on Twitter on Friday, although by the time of his release, he was said to be all right. Mutis explained. Obviously, there is a pandemic of COVID, and also at Chikurubi, we advised that there is fear of hepatitis B, TB, and we are afraid that he may be affected because while he was in, he was complaining of sore throat. And also at one point, he was complaining of a, an unstable stomach. Meanwhile, Opal's release coincided with the third year anniversary after the late President Robert Mugabe was ousted in the November 2017 coup. Some gave Chingono's case as an example that the past three years have been worse than the time when Mugabe was in power. 
Nelson Chamisa, leader of the main opposition movement for democratic change, MDC Alliance, had this to say. Zimbabwe is a country in a crisis. We have said Zimbabwean lives matter. And the fact of what you are seeing, the fact that we are in court with Hopewell, is no other confirmation other than that we have a crisis. And that's why we are here. The fact that has been granted bail, he was entitled to it in the first place. In fact, his arrest in the first place was not called for. These are the sort of things that attract a pariah status and a banana republic tag for our country. It's not necessary. In Arare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Mchemwa. Advancing Ethiopian troops plan to surround the Tigray region's rebel-held capital, Mekele, with tanks and may shell the city to force surrender, a military spokesperson said, urging civilians to save themselves. Reuters' David Doyle reports. Civilians in the capital of Ethiopia's Tigray region should save themselves, a spokesman for the federal military has said, amid plans to surround Mekele with tanks and warnings that the rebel stronghold could be shelled. Colonel Dejanet Sigay. We want to send a message to the public in Mekele to save themselves from any artillery attacks and free themselves from the junta. After that, there will be no mercy. Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed's troops have taken a string of towns during aerial bombardments and ground fighting and now have their sights on the mountainous city, home to around half a million people. It's the base of forces loyal to the region's ruling party, the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front or TPLF. But so far the TPLF has refused to back down and says its soldiers are digging trenches and standing firm. The conflict, triggered after Abiy accused the Tigrayan leaders of attacking the National Army, has killed hundreds, possibly even thousands, and sent more than 30,000 refugees into neighboring Sudan. TPLF leader Debrezian Gebru Mikel said his troops were resisting a push from the south whilst also fighting near a northern town which recently fell to the Ethiopian military. But with phone and internet communications down, claims by all sides are hard to verify. That report by Reuters' David Doyle. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. For your latest update on the novel coronavirus for Channel Africa in Mombasa, Kenya, I am Diana Wanyonyi. Droplets spread virus. By following good respiratory hygiene, you protect the people around you from viruses such as cold, flu, and COVID-19. 
It's 7.16 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Cameroon says it has deployed more troops to its capital Yaoundé to fish out armed men who want to destabilize the country's institutions. The Central African state says a week hardly goes by without the arrest of armed men or the planting of bombs in strategic locations of its capital. Muki Kinzaka reports from Yaoundé that there are growing fears of plans to destabilize the administration of one of Africa's longest-serving leaders, President Paul Bia. The Speaker of Cameroon's lower house of parliament, Kavayege Jibril, tells the country's lawmakers to guard against plans to destabilize Cameroon. For the third time in a week, Jibril told parliament that Cameroon President Paul Bia was democratically elected. He said anyone who wants to be president should wait for an opportunity in 2025 when the next presidential elections will be organized in Cameroon. Your turn will come if only you happen to win any presidential election in Cameroon. Jibril blamed opposition political parties for the security threat. Prince Ekoso, president of the Socialist Democratic Party, says civilians are likely taking weapons because they are disgruntled with the close to 40-year rule of the Central African State's President Paul Bia. He says the government should open investigations and make known the suspects instead of accusing opposition parties. This regime for 38 years now has concentrated itself in destroying opposition voices in this country. When opposition parties are rising up, the regime concentrates in stifling the ideas of opposition, creating situations that keep on vexing the Cameroonian people. The regime does not have interest to develop the country. For 38 years now, the country has been stagnant economically, socially, materially, physically, socioculturally, educational-wise, the country has been stagnant. A meeting of Cameroon's 10 regional governors on Monday instead blamed armed men for the increasing insecurity but did not say who the armed men are. Nasiri Paul Beya is governor of Cameroon's center region where Yaoundé is found. He says for the past one year, a week hardly goes by without civilians arrested for either illegal position of weapons or planting locally made bombs in public places. He says security forces he has deployed are expected to carry out systematic inspection visits to areas noted to host criminal suspects. He says people and vehicles will be systematically controlled at all entry and exit points to Yaoundé. He says he has prohibited people from taking big bags and suspected parcels to popular spots and public buildings. Civilians acknowledge police checkpoints have increased in Yaoundé. Bea did not say how many more troops were deployed. 
Political analyst Leonard Ejani Kulu of the University of Chang in Cameroon says the government does not want to name suspects and create panic among the population. It's not as if the government is not able to identify who is really behind, but the issue should be how will the population receive it? Will it not create panic? Just imagine a situation whereby this allegation is made against, let's say, the MLC party. Now, what will be the repercussion? Just imagine this claim is made against the Ambazonian fighters. It will be that the Ambazonians are succeeding to penetrate Yaoundé and can give a kind of stigma between Francophones and Anglophones. The Cameroon military has been fighting Boko Haram on its northern border with Nigeria for the past 10 years. We cannot deny the fact that the different threats or problems that Cameroon is facing at the moment are first of all internal in their logic. Consequently, the government needs to have that capacity to better manage these threats and uphold confidence to its population. Four years ago, separatists declared they were unsatisfied with what they called the harsh treatment given English speakers in the country that also has French as an official language. Fighters took arms and started fighting for the creation of an independent state. Didier Bajek, security analyst and former spokesperson of the Cameroon military, says the government should negotiate a peaceful end to the security challenges. He spoke on Cameroon state media CRTV. Bajek says the challenge armed men are posing to security forces in Cameroon's capital Yaoundé is unprecedented. He says military police have been regularly arresting suspects and detonating locally made bombs planted in public spaces. Bajek says it is imperative for the government to investigate the political and or ideological issues that are making people resort to weapons as to their problems. He says a political solution to the security challenge is better than a military solution which may only create more chaos. Besides security threats posed by separatist fighters and Boko Haram terrorists, Cameroon faces political tensions. Opposition leader Maurice Kamto claims he won the 2018 presidential elections and a long-serving beer stole his victory. Kamto called for weekly protests in major towns and has been prohibited from leaving his home since September 22. Many people believe his supporters may be using violence to press for his freedom. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzaka in Yaoundé, Cameroon. Poland is seeing its biggest protests in decades with widespread fury at a decision to almost totally ban abortions. The country already has some of the strictest abortion laws in Europe, but the ban would prevent even women whose fetuses have severe defects from being able to terminate their pregnancies. The protests have delayed the law's implementation, but hospitals across Poland have already stopped the procedure. The BBC's Europe correspondent, Jean McKenzie, reports from Poland. Weeks of rage pouring through the streets of Warsaw. Women fighting to protect what little right to abortion they have against a government that's trying to take it away. It's a protest of young people. They love to, to sing, they love to dance. But authorities have had enough now. 
police are brought in from across the country to break this up. There are just such a surprising number of police here this evening and it just feels so disproportionate to the number of protesters. Yeah, it was difficult because we've been blocked several times and split in different groups. But finally we managed to group everybody here. The protests erupted after Poland's top court announced a ban on abortions where the fetus is severely malformed, virtually the only terminations allowed here. Shocked by the backlash, the government hasn't enforced the ruling yet, leaving women in limbo. But Dr. Pazinska is one of the few doctors still performing terminations. Many hospitals have already stopped for fear of breaking the law. Are you afraid? I, I, actually, I am not. I, I don't know why, but, but yeah, I, I am not afraid. I, I mean, I feel deeply inside that I am doing uh, right thing. So I, I hope the, the karma will uh, save me and I, will, I, I won't go to jail. She introduces us to her patient who was admitted in the morning. Hi, how are you? 21 weeks pregnant, her fetus is missing vital organs and won't survive. But she's been refused a termination three times. Poland is strongly Catholic, and the Conservative government often portrays abortion as an attack on the country's faith. But even so, this new ban has very little support. Have you picked the wrong fight? Oh, definitely not. This is a, this is a good fight because we want to we want human life to be protected, and so we are very open about this. I am sorry if that if anyone is offended by it, but actually we will not be apologizing for it. Back at the march, the mood suddenly changes. Police close in. A pensioner is dragged from the streets. Others are beaten and pepper sprayed. Clementina is one of them. Why are the authorities reacting so strongly to your protests? Because they are scared. They feel they are losing the power. Are you going to win this fight? We are winning. It doesn't look like, but we are. The ban could be implemented any day, but protesters know this is a bigger battle over which direction the country takes. That report by the BBC's Europe correspondent, Jean McKenzie, in Poland. A long-awaited report says there is credible evidence that Australian elite soldiers unlawfully killed 39 people during the Afghan war. It has uncovered what the head of Australia's armed forces says is a shameful record among some soldiers. The BBC's Shaima Khalil reports. These are Australia's elite troops risking their lives in Afghanistan. Their mission was to help the people against the Taliban insurgency. It's May 2012, and the soldiers of three squadron SAS are heading north from their base. But this Australian documentary claimed unarmed civilians were unlawfully killed by some of those special forces. The target is an insurgent bomb maker. Now, after a four-year internal inquiry, the Australian Defence Force has revealed that what some of these soldiers did on the battleground could potentially be a war crime. Leave! Fight! 
These findings allege the most serious breaches of military conduct and professional values. The killing, the unlawful killing of civilians and prisoners is never acceptable. The inquiry found credible evidence that 39 Afghan men and teenagers had been unlawfully killed. Allegations include junior soldiers being coerced into executing prisoners to get their first kill in a practice known as blooding, and that weapons were planted on victims to make it look like the killings were legitimate. The defense chief apologized to the Afghan people and said the alleged violations would have devastated the lives of families and communities, causing immeasurable pain and suffering. And many know that suffering all too well. This man told us about the day his brother was allegedly killed by Australian troops. We were fishing and having a picnic. Around noon, the foreigners carried out their raid. They arrested my brother and took him to a corner. A few minutes later, they shot him in the head three times and once in his stomach. Once they'd left, we went over and saw my brother's dead body lying on the ground. A special investigator will now be appointed to look at the findings, gather evidence and then present it to the public prosecutor. It's a process that could take years. It may well take just as long for the culture inside the Defence Force to change. But the leaders know there is no other choice if they were to restore the military's tarnished image. That report by the BBC's Shaima Khalil. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authorities in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NETLEC to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. Tried looking for a job for it's a year and a half now. The challenges were experience and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. It's 7.32 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. 
on DSTV's Audio Bouquet Channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. Our leaders of the world's wealthiest countries have wrapped up their virtual G20 summit hosted by Saudi Arabia in Riyadh at the weekend. U.S. President Donald Trump defended his withdrawal from the Paris Climate Accord, calling it unfair and one-sided during his speech for the G20 summit in Washington, D.C. on Sunday. Let's take a listen protect American workers, I withdrew the United States from the unfair and one-sided Paris Climate Accord, a very unfair act for the United States. The Paris Accord was not designed to save the environment. It was designed to kill the American economy. I refuse to surrender millions of American jobs and send trillions of American dollars to the world's worst polluters and environmental offenders. And that's what would have happened. Since withdrawing from the Paris Accord, the United States has reduced carbon emissions more than any nation anywhere in the world. Our air is 7% cleaner than when I took office. At the same time, we've made America energy independent. Bolstered by our historic tax and regulatory cuts, the United States is now the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the world. Every day we are proving that we can protect our workers, create new jobs, and safeguard the environment without imposing crippling mandates and one-sided international agreements on our citizens. The United States and the G20 nations have a tremendous opportunity to continue to build on this incredible progress. We must preserve the majesty of God's creation. Together, we can protect our environment, promote access to clean, affordable energy, and deliver a future of opportunity, prosperity, and hope for our nations all over the world. Under my administration, environmental stewardship is a sacred obligation. Over the last four years, we have made incredible strides to ensure that the United States has among the cleanest air and cleanest water on the planet. I signed Save Our Seas Act to protect our environment from foreign nations that litter our oceans with debris. Last year, the Environmental Protection Agency cleaned up more major pollution sites than any year in nearly two decades, and some think in the history of our country. And that's U.S. President Donald Trump defending his withdrawal from the Paris Climate Accord during his speech for the virtual G20 summit. The group CEO of the South African Broadcasting Corporation, Madotam Mkakwe, says management will respond to workers' demands this week. Mkakwe accepted a memorandum of demands from the Communication Workers' Union at the Public Broadcasters' headquarters in Auckland Park, Johannesburg. The CWU led scores of employees joined by different political parties and unions in a nationwide protest against management's plans to retrench 400 staff. The union has demanded an immediate end to the retrenchment process, as well as the withdrawal of letters of redundancy that have already been issued to some workers. They also want the board to be dissolved and for the SABC to be placed under administration. Wisani Makubela reports. Away with retrenchment, away! Away with the divided board, away! 11 staff members at the SABC's Kimberley-based radio station XKFM in the Northern Cape say they have received letters of redundancy. They joined their colleagues nationwide in protest against the retrenchment process. The radio station broadcasts in the Klu and Kwesan languages. The staff members have been working at the station since its inception 20 years ago. It's very 
painful for me because I'm the only one breadwinner. And uh, as an SABC, uh, this two community, which I brought, uh, the station, which is XKFM, and as the station, it must preserve the language for the youngster. Doing a big role in the community because radio is here to uplift all the uh, late, uh, women's all the uh, children at platform then. In the northwest, workers joined by members of the EFF braved rainy weather conditions to express their anger. Staff at the Seapoint office in Cape Town want executive management to take a salary cut. Firstly, before we get to retrenchments, we must ensure we call upon all the senior executives to take a 10% salary cut, all those who are earning more than 2 million rand, so that we can see how this is going to affect you know this uh, wage bill they are calling talking about lastly this mba approach of retrenchment is madness because they are taking critical skills the anger was even more palpable at the sabc's headquarters in oakland park johannesburg where the main strike was held we've been working during the worst times during covid 19 putting ourselves at risk i think anger is an understatement right now we have no choice but to come out on the streets and protest and demand that they give our jobs back. It just came, it's shocking. Yeah, I'm just confused. The SABC workers are losing their jobs. We have a management that has not been transparent about the process, taking unilateral decisions, affecting our livelihoods. So it's up to us to fight. The Communication Workers Union has demanded an immediate end to the retrenchment process as well as the withdrawal of letters of redundancy that have already been issued to workers. They also want the board to be dissolved and for the SABC to be placed under administration. They handed over their memorandum of demands to SABC Group CEO Madoda Mtakwe. So we're submitting this uh, to the board today and um, we'll get the response uh, hopefully early next week. We'll, we'll try to this while the crowd was not pleased with Mtako's brief response, CWU General Secretary Obri Chabalala accepted that Mtako did not have a mandate to make any commitments on the spot. The crowd dispersed peacefully. Chabalala says the strike continues while they wait for a response. SAPC workers, we are here Monday 8 a.m. Those who are working on Saturday, Sunday, don't go to work. The ANC, whose members also came out in solidarity with SABC staff, are adamant that no worker should lose their job. ANC NEC member Dakota Lihwete. Down with retrenchments, down! On behalf of the Alliance, Trade Unions, the ANC Youth League, the workers of SABC, all South Africans, our vernacular languages matters as the governing party, which has been voted by majority of South Africans. We are saying no to retrenchment. We are saying the board must find the alternative to salvage and save 400 workers who are about to lose their jobs. The board and the management, if they cannot shape up, they must ship out. Away with retrenchments, away! However, the SABC has maintained that the retrenchments are part of the conditions it has to comply with after it was granted a bailout from National Treasury. Sanef says it's concerned that the SABC's critical public mandate has never been funded sufficiently by government, despite promises over the years to do so. The Editors Forum says government and political parties cannot speak about the importance of the SABC while failing to provide it with the necessary financial support to execute its mandate. Amwisani Makubele in Johannesburg. 
Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authorities in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. At 7.41 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. Now this is a message to all our listeners that uh, please note that our usual programming may be disrupted due to an ongoing strike here at the SABC. Thank you for your understanding. It's 7.42 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. The smuggling of goods and illegal movement of undocumented foreigners continues unabated along the Baitbridge borderline outside Messina and South Africa's Limpopo province, despite the presence of soldiers. Several cars have been intercepted while crossing to Zimbabwe in the recent past. Rudani Tivase has more. Hundreds of vehicles, ranging from luxury vehicles such as Porsches and BMWs to ordinary vehicles and trucks, are stored in a police warehouse in Musina. They were intercepted on the N1 along the borderline while being smuggled out of the country. Along the Limpopo River, people can be seen illegally crossing in and out the country. Soldiers have been stationed at various points along the river, but it seems there's little they can do to stop the illegal movement of people. Along some sections of the borderline, there is no fence at all, while in other parts, the new 37 million rand border fence is already full of holes. A group of people who assist smugglers to cross the border and the crocodile-infested Limpopo River along the Malala Drift farming area say this is how they make a living. We help them to smuggle out goods such as maize, soap, cooking oil, etc. etc. Some pay us 10 rand to assist them to cross to up to the banks of the river. If one has big luggage, we charge them 100 rand per load. It's easy to cross between the two countries. Everyone can do that with ease. If the river is overflowing, we use makeshift boats. At times, we come across crocodiles. Kuindachi Rundu, from the Chirundu informal settlement along the Limpopo River, says the problem of illegal movements and the smuggling of goods is out of hand. He says all affected government departments need to be involved to resolve the problem. You see this movement of people and goods. People are going to Messina to buy goods so that they can ferry goods and feed the people of Zimbabwe. In my own view, I see this, it has been happening even before us here. And this is not, it's a real trade, but it's unrecognized, we know. But because people in Zimbabwe are hungry, and we have a little that we can offer them, it means that if we go for Ubuntu, it's all right. We can share with. Uh, it's a holistic approach. We need all departments that are involved: home affairs, documentation of people, movements. Some they have passports. Some they have IDs. Some they don't have. We need also Department of Public Works. Remember, they control these fence. 
and this one is having many holes here. Police say they are working hard with various departments to prevent the illegal movement of people and goods along the porous borderline. Rosan Chibase, SABC Radio News, Marala Drift along the Bait Bridge borderline. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. For your latest on the novel coronavirus disease for Channel Africa, Amoki Kinzaka in Yaoundi, Cameroon. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Hands touch many surfaces and can pick up viruses. For your latest on the novel coronavirus disease for Channel Africa, Amoki Kinzaka in Yaoundi, Cameroon. Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth. Hands touch many surfaces and can pick up viruses. Bringing you your latest news on the novel coronavirus disease COVID-19. For Channel Africa, I'm Simon Muchemwa in Harare, Zimbabwe. Make sure you and people around you follow good respiratory hygiene. This means covering your mouth and nose with your bent elbow and tissue when you cough and sneeze. Then dispose the used tissue immediately. Bringing you your latest news on the novel coronavirus disease COVID-19. For Channel Africa, I'm Simon Muchemwa in Harare, Zimbabwe. Make sure you and people around you follow good respiratory hygiene. This means covering your mouth and nose with your bent elbow and tissue when you cough and sneeze. Then dispose the used tissue immediately. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authorities in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. 
Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorza. Africa, Amuka na Unai. It wraps up African Rise and Shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu and the team, thank you for joining us. Taking us to the top of the hour for the news and is uh, Davido with the track titled Assurance. Goodbye and keep safe. Yeah, cause disaster. Say give me a chance, yeah, a 
พบพี